Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. What did, what did Jacob mean when he said that he changed his wages 10 times? How did Laban change Jacob's wages 10 times? Yeah? Okay, that's one, yeah. But the, but the key one, yeah? Yeah, it says, we made a deal. We made a deal. Seven years for Rachel. You changed it to 14 years for Rachel. And I get nothing. See, the last seven years should have been Jacob working for wealth to provide for his family like he needs animals, you know, herds, flocks. I mean, he's really, Jacob's really burned up over this. I mean, the most significant word that Jacob has used in an accusation against Laban is the word changed. Jacob has accused Laban of changing midstream. You changed the terms of the agreement. You're not living up to what you agreed to. Now, why did Laban change Jacob's wages? Because of Laban, that's the character he is. He's a character. And see, it kind of comes out in verse 27 when he says, I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. It's that one little word, me. See, me. See, I'm interested in the blessing for me. I want you to stay because you're going to benefit me. See, when Laban said that he wanted Jacob to stay because the Lord blessed Jacob, that showed Laban has no desire to benefit Jacob, only to benefit Laban. Laban has no desire to benefit his daughters and his grandchildren, only to benefit Laban. And to benefit Laban, Laban changed the terms of the agreement with Jacob. See, there's a great value in not changing today. There's a great value in not changing by declaring bankruptcy in order to get out of an agreement that you made. That's not making money by the laws of the land, as someone has said recently. See, Clint lost money on a house he sold, and he's still making payments on it today because Clint decided not to change and get out of an agreement he made. When Clint decided not to change, that hurt Clint, but Clint decided not to change. And God describes the person who is going to abide with him in his tabernacle, who's going to dwell with God in God's hill in Psalm 15, 1, where he says, the question is asked, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Question. And who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Question. Verse 2. He that walketh uprightly, worketh righteousness, speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. See, when Clint made an agreement to borrow that money for the house, and it turned out to be for his hurt, Clint changed not. When Laban made an agreement to give Rachel for seven years of labor there, Laban felt it's for my own hurt because I can get more work from Jacob. 
So he changed. Laban changed. Laban made his decision to change because Laban wanted to please himself, which is exactly the opposite of what the Lord Jesus Christ did in Romans 15.3. For even Christ pleased not himself. As it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached me fell on me. See, the Lord said about himself in Matthew 20, 28, for even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And because the Lord Jesus did not please himself, we're called to not please ourselves in Romans 15, 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Laban delighted to do his own will. But the Lord did not say, I delight to do my will. He didn't say that in Psalm 40, verse 8. He said, I delight to do thy will, O my God, thy law is within my heart. See, Laban's meat was to do his own will and to finish the work that Laban wanted to finish. But the Lord did not say, my meat is to do my own will. To the contrary, in John 4, 34, it says, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. See, sometimes, and you've been in this situation too, you know, where you've planned, I've planned to get something done, and I'm really looking forward to it, and it's really what I want to do. And the phone rings, and it's a lost Jewish person. And I know I need to stop right now, spend one to two hours on the phone with that person right then. And in that, that moment, I mean, I think to myself, but I was doing something else. I'm trying to finish that. But God's will is that I talk on the phone. So is my meat to do my own will and to finish the work that I want to do, or is my meat to do the will of him that sent me, and to, which is to the Jewish people, and to finish that work? See, the Lord said in John 4.34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And the end of his days on earth, that was so much his focus that when he gave his final report in John 17.4, which is what John 17.4 is, he said, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. That's a great way for us to finish each day, to be able to look back on the day and say those words of John 17, 4, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. We can't finish the work that God, uh, that we can't finish the work that God gives us to do until we find it, until we recognize it, until we give ourselves to it, until that's true in our lives. We have to find the work of God in order to finish it, and then we have to pursue it. And so he says in John 8, 29, I do always those things that please myself. No, I do always those things that please him. In John 6, 38, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. In John 5, 30, I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. In Luke twenty two forty two, 42, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. In John 18, 11, the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And finally, Philippians 2, 8, he became obedient, obedient unto death. Obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Laban's meat was to do the will of Laban and to finish Laban's work. Laban changed because Laban loved himself, which is seen when Laban, in verse 27, where he said, the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. That Laban loved himself makes Laban an example of the kind of person that are described as going to grow more and more in the days we're living in in 2 Timothy 3. 
2 Timothy 3, 1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous time shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, meaning out of control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. See, lovers of their own selves. Romans 15, 1 again. We then, that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Even as Christ pleased not himself. Romans 15, 3. That 2 Corinthians 5, 15. That he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, what? Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have, you have, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Galatians 2, 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Christ liveth in me. Covetous. In Luke 12, 15, he said unto them, take heed, beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. And I read that verse, that verse and that phrase. It reminds me, my father's friend, who was an engineer, and he, I don't even know what he invented, but he invented something that went on to spacecraft and made a lot of money. And we went over to his house, 10,000 square foot house in Bel Air, very poor area of Los Angeles. <laughs> and in the 1970s, my wife, Cheryl, and I, we spent the night at the house. We couldn't wait to get out of that house. There just was no evidence in that house of any interest in God. It was a great abundance of things, but you didn't feel there was life. It was kind of sad, actually, because his little daughter, he built this, this super jacuzzi, the, the, the jets and everything. Well, it also had a super suction at the bottom and pulled his daughter down and killed her. But it was like staying in a dormitory, a hotel. It was cold as ice. So the Lord says, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. Boasters, Psalm 49, 6, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. Pride, Proverbs 6, 16, these six things that the Lord had gave seven are abomination to him, a proud look. First Peter 5, 5, likewise you younger submit to yourself the older, yea, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Covenant breakers, Romans 131, without understanding, covenant breakers. He says, for thou knowest my service which I have done thee. See, Jacob is figuring that Laban wants to change again. And he's reminding him, a deal's a deal. And so he says, my service which I've done. In other words, Jacob got nothing for the last seven years. And Jacob's saying the last seven years, Laban has made it so that Jacob got nothing and he wants to leave. He wants to cut his losses and leave. Now in verse 26, Jacob asked Laban to give him his children. He's firm. Jacob's saying, I will not leave my children. Jacob is saying, I will not forsake my children. Jacob is saying, I will not abandon my children. But what's remarkable here is that Jacob really has nothing to take care of his children. He's destitute. He doesn't have any wealth. Kind of hard to see a Jewish person with no wealth here, but it's true. It happens sometimes. He has no wealth. He has no animals. Really, Jacob's children are a burden to Jacob. But Jacob says, I won't abandon my children. See, Jacob's children are going to be a hardship on Jacob. But Jacob says, I won't abandon my children. 
Jacob has decided no matter how much of a burden, no matter how much of a hardship his children will add to his already impoverished condition, Jacob is firm that Jacob's children will be with Jacob and that's non-negotiable. How different today where 3,000 unborn children are abandoned to be killed at the hands of the abortionists every day in America. 3,000 children every day in America. Why? Because their parents do not want the hardship and the burden that their children will be to them. See, Jacob had nothing. He had nothing to support his wives and his children, but Jacob wanted his wives and his children to be with him. Think of how this made the children feel. You know, dad wants us to be with him. Whatever happens, dad wants us. Dad will not leave us. Dad will not forsake us. Dad will not abandon us. That's what children want to know today. No matter what the hardship, no matter what the burden that they are, they want their parents to be committed to them. We're the children of God. We cause a lot of hardship on God, (laughs) a lot of burden. No matter what the burden or the hardship, we want the Lord Jesus Christ to be like Jacob and say, give me my children. And that's exactly what he said to God the Father in John 17, 24. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. They may be held my glory, which thou gavest me, which thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. That's the heart of a true parent who will not abandon the child. The Lord Jesus Christ said that no matter what it means, that he wants us to be with him. And he said that in John 14, 3, I, I, if I go and prepare a place, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That's the heart of a true parent who will not abandon the child. One of the most important persons that we have in our Takati facility down in Mexico is Dr. Yolanda Trejo. Dr. Yolanda is the director of our medical clinic. She's the director of our medical imaging center. She's also the director of our daycare center and of our preschool in Takati, Mexico. And when Dr. Yolanda goes home, after all the work we give her, she walks into an orphanage where she and her husband have in their home about 50 children. This woman has enough love to fill the world. (laughs) I mean, this is what life is like. For Dr. Yolanda and her husband, Misael, he said, it's like the gate to their property in Tecate, Mexico, it's always open, all the time. Because at any time, at all hours, day, night, a knock can come on their door, and there will be standing there at their door either a policeman or a government social worker with one or two babies or children who have been abandoned by their parents at either a police station or a government office or just on the street. And it's always for the same reason. Always the same reason, because the parents don't want them. The babies and the children are too expensive for the parents. They're too much of a burden. They're too much of a hardship on the parents, and they just abandon them. And they're brought to Dr. Long and her husband, who always take them. And just recently, on a Friday, a policeman and a social worker knocked on Dr. Yolanda's door with two children, sisters. Nine-year-old Mirago, Niagro, which means miracle, I think that refers to it's a miracle if anybody takes her. But anyway, nine-year-old Miragro and her sister, 12-year-old Alexis, who I called Alexis La Grande, like Alexander the Great. But anyway, Miragro and Alexis were abandoned as babies and were raised by Catholic nuns. And over time, Alexis had grown more and more aggressive and out of control. And Alexis had become so combative with the nuns that she kicked them and she hurt the nuns And the nuns couldn't control Alexis and had reached a point where the police feared for the safety of the nuns. So what do they do? They pick up Alexis and her sister and they bring her to Dr. Yolanda's orphanage, of course. So that Friday, 
Alexis arrives. Dr. Yolanda takes him in. And Alexis kicked Dr. Yolanda so hard in her legs that she developed two huge bruises, hematomas, in her leg there. So what does Dr. Yolanda do? Immediately, she went to prayer. What was her prayer? Oh, God, you are powerful. You alone can control Alexis. Give me love for her. And she took control, and she did not let Alexis hurt her or the other children. You say, how did she do that? Well, sometimes we have these kind of kids that come to our school, too. And so we assign a teacher who's sergeant of arms, literally holds the arm of the child for a week, maybe, and doesn't allow him to touch and do all these things. So she didn't allow Alexis to continue with her aggression. But deep down, Alexis had a lot of anger, a lot of hatred, because she knew that she didn't have parents like Jacob who said to Laban, even though he had nothing, give me my children. She had a lot of hatred and anger in her heart. But Yolanda was determined to love her and spent much of Friday night sleepless in prayer for Alexis as well as the pain in her two legs. And on Saturday, Yolanda explained to Alexis the gospel, but Alexis didn't listen, and she didn't change, and she continued to fight Yolanda and the other children at the orphanage. Sunday morning came. Yolanda again explained the gospel. Alexis didn't listen. They went to go to church, and Yolanda put her as a sergeant of arms, did not allow her to disrupt the church. And Yolanda's brother-in-law, Pastor Isais, he got up. He's the pastor there, and he explained very carefully the gospel, that God wants to be our father, and he'll never leave us. And Alexis all of a sudden became very quiet and listened very carefully And in the service there, she understood God wanted to make her his child and that God would never leave her and abandon her. And in the service, she received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior, and she became a different person. And immediately, she stopped hitting others. And today, she's normal. And little by little, she's learning self-control and morality. That's Alexis, and she loves Yolanda. You probably can't see this. That's a picture of Yolanda and Alexis. See? Cheek to cheek. Alexis lovingly wrapping her arms around Dr. Yolanda's neck. But that was Jacob. Jacob says, give me my children. Jacob had nothing to provide for his big family, but he wanted them. Give me my children. I won't abandon my children. It's a great father. If I have nothing, I want you to be with me. We will have nothing together. You'll be with me. I'll even fight the Labans of this world to have you with me. That's what the Lord did for us when he adopted us. And Dr. Yolanda is like the Lord, and we're like Alexis. And we love the Lord like Alexis loves Dr. Yolanda. Now we see in verse 27 that Laban says, I pray that if I found favor in that eyes, tarry. And we look at Laban saying to Jacob, we can see the world reaching out to us. And the world says to us, what's your rush? (laughs) Why do you want to leave? Stay a while. This is what the world does to us. The world wants us to just stay a while. But what are you so reluctant to separate yourself from the world? The world calls out with its music to us. The world calls out with its television. The world calls out with its movies, with its entertainments. And he says, stay. He says, you can leave your separated Christian life later, but now enjoy yourself. And Laban says in verse 27, I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. That's an important statement that Laban made because he's saying he's made observations. He's made observations over the past 14 years of how he's been blessed by the Lord because of Jacob in his life. See, when Laban uses the words, by experience, I've learned by experience, he's saying, look, beyond the labor that Jacob, you did for me, the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. See, Jacob brought God's blessing to Laban simply because Jacob was with Laban. But Jacob was with Laban because Jacob was abused by Laban. 
and he was taken advantage of by Laban. But God loved Laban and wanted to save Laban from his sins, and it was only by Laban's wrong that Jacob was with Laban. And if Jacob could have seen, just seen, what poor Laban was saying to him when he said, I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. Laban was saying to Jacob that, Jacob, you've brought God's blessing into my life because you've been with me for whatever reason. Joseph brought God's blessing to the Egyptians simply because Joseph was with the Egyptians. But how did Joseph get with the Egyptians? Because Joseph's brother violently took him, wrongly sold him as a slave to make some money. And Joseph was with the Egyptians because Joseph was abused by his brothers and taken advantage of. But God loved the Egyptians and wanted to save the Egyptians from death by starvation. And the Egyptians were only saved because Joseph's brothers wronged Joseph. And that's why Joseph was there to save the Egyptians from starvation. See, Joseph did recognize how God used the wrong of his brothers to put him in that place to save much Egyptians alive. And Joseph was referring to the much Egyptians that were saved alive when he said to his brothers in Genesis 50, 20, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. To save much people alive are the much Egyptians that were saved alive because of Joseph's brothers who thought evil against Joseph. God meant it for good. The good of the Egyptians first and later, the good of Joseph's brothers. See, the Egyptians, they learned to say to Joseph the words of Laban in verse 27. We have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed us for thy sake. And we could go on to speak of the evil that the Babylonians thought against the Jewish people in Daniel and the good that God meant for the people of Babylon to save much of them some of them becoming later those who came from the east to Bethlehem to worship him that was born king of the Jews. And the Babylonians and them also learned to say to Daniel the words of Laban, we have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed us for thy sake. And we could go on to speak about the evil that the Persians thought against the Jewish people and how God meant it for good to the Jewish people and the Persian people when a beautiful secret Jew a Jew undercover named Esther was made queen and saved much people alive. And they learned to say to Esther the words of Jacob, we've learned by experience the Lord has blessed us for thy sake. But the important point of verse 27 is for us to see that when we're wronged and made, forced to go to some new job, some new city, some new sphere, where someone else thought evil against us, that we can say, great, what an opportunity for me to bring God's blessing to others where they might say the words to me in verse 27, I've learned by experience the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. The greatest blessing we can bring to others is to see them saved through the Lord Jesus Christ to become people alive from the eternal death for their sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, for yourself and how you saw that Laban was doing and you turned it around for good and we thank you, Lord, that we're not alone in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.